Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. All right, it's 10 o'clock. So yeah, let's just go ahead and move in to a half an hour sit. Um, if you don't mind, go ahead and mute yourselves and move into a nice posture for sitting. As you turn inward this morning, recalling your intention for practice. As you recall this intention, be folding in the benefit of all beings are attached to this intention. And allowing refuge to come to mind, taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Which is all pointing towards taking refuge in our inner innate goodness. And this allows us to take refuge in stillness, in silence. Taking refuge in the heart. And next, to spur on some motivation for practice, some urgency, allowing to arise gratitude for this opportunity to sit, to turn inward, especially with Sangha this morning.
And allowing the mind to soften, releasing expectation. Drawing the attention more and more to the present moment. And I will ring the bell a few times, just giving something to the mind to tend to, allowing the mind to rest in the present moment on sound.
and allowing the mind to be present with presence, with silence, with stillness. Letting everything in, letting everything out.
and checking in. Where is the mind? And checking in, where's the mind? Allowing it to rest in the open, free moment. using kind, compassionate awareness to bring it back if it has strayed. And using relaxation to keep it present. allowing the mind to be at ease and simply rest in the here and now, free of elaboration, of judgment, simply being with what is just as it is. No goal to be had, nothing to be achieved.
Hello, friends. Hopefully sometime pretty soon we can come back <laughs> in person. Um, but we'll probably stream anyway, right? From so We have people from out of town now, too. Um, yeah, so welcome. Thank you so much for, for being here together. Um, I want to chat today about um, a little bit about intention and, and a little bit about uh, the four wise efforts. And <clears throat> as it happens, a lot of times I bite off more than I could chew, like when I'm uh, preparing it for the talks and I notice, man, there's so many lists today that I could talk about because um, when we talk about right intention, of course, it's <clears throat> part of the Eightfold Path, and which is connected to the to the the four true uh, uh, the four noble truths, and intention itself is broken down into three different aspects. Um, so, and then, yeah, the four wise efforts. So anyway, there's, there's a lot of lists that, that we could talk about today, but actually I just want to, we will talk about these in, in a, a kind of a bigger scope, but then just continue to draw it back just things that are more simple, just a few really simple takeaways. So, um, yeah, so just kind of bear with me as we kind of float out and then back in to these, to these things that just kind of bring it all back, back home. And one thing for me when, when speaking of, of right intention that, that I, I notice myself you know, thinking of all the time is this, this desire to purify my intention. And I don't even know what that means. <laughs> In in you know this word of purity actually in Buddhism it takes different it's seen in different contexts like purity of mind like pure pure seeing like purity of nature and then purity of of intention can maybe have this altruistic feel so uh, wanting to purify my intention is is a theme and I really need to. To, to look at that, see what does this mean to purify my purify my intention, and so I kind of want to start there. Like maybe you have had that come up for you too, uh, because we we speak about intention a lot, and that it's the it's the very ground where everything else manifests from. So if we have a really good intention, uh, good motivation, of course that can influence our, our thoughts, our actions, and then the whatever we're we're manifesting. So, so what does this mean by like pure intention? Um, yeah, I think even even before that, intention for what? Um, hold on, I'm just looking at my notes real quick. Um, intention for what? This is, I think, where we need to start. Um, when we're looking at an intention, we have to remember, oh, this intention is set uh, within the path. And so this is the path of liberation. So when we're thinking of our intention and coming back to our intention, this is, we're looking at our intention as a, a way of guiding us on the path of quote-unquote liberation or freedom from suffering. So it's in this context, so we, of course we could have intentions for many, many different endeavors, but when we're relating to our intention, we have to relate to it in a sense of, you know, is this assisting on my growth um, or is this assisting me further along in regards to uh, purifying my mind that it is uh, happier, more joyful, uh, uh, more kind, you know, compassionate, those types of things. So it's in this context, in this context, this is where this intention lives. And 
in, in a very on a, on a base level, like our intention, we have to be okay with our intention uh, not being pure. You know, it, it is, we don't have pure intention. Obviously, when um, maybe before we met the Dharma and the path and, and along the way, we have to realize that we are beings with many different needs. So we have, like I mentioned, this intention as far as growth upon the spiritual path. But then we have many, many different needs, worldly needs, that are all mixed in with our day-to-day -day existence. And that's all going to get wrapped up in our, our uh, spiritual intention. And so along the way, we have to be okay with things being, be, being messy. You know, it's just, it's not going to be quote-unquote pure or, or uh, completely altruistic in, in the beginning. And that's totally okay. We have to be all right with that as we go along. So with, with intention, the purifications is kind of one of the main points that I want to kind of hit upon today. We're not really purifying our intention straight away we actually have to work with purifying view. And this is spoken about in, in the Eightfold Path. So in the Eightfold Path, right view comes first. And they all kind of, you know, intermingle, but uh, most of the time we're going to see that right view comes first. And Right view is broken up into two, two different pieces. Um, there's mundane right view and supreme right view. And mundane right view is having to do with the acknowledgement of the mindfulness of karma, right? So its literal name is right view of the ownership of action. Right view of the ownership of action. Supreme right view is the understanding of dukkha. And so this is why we're going to talk a little bit about the Four Noble Truths. So this is the understanding of the origin of suffering, the understanding of the sensation of suffering, understanding of the way leading to the cessation of suffering. So mundane and supreme right view. So with the mundane right view, it's important to note that when we're speaking of, you know, we mentioned karma or the ownership of action. Um, this is not, we don't mention this because of consequences. Um, we mention this, the, the mindfulness of karma, because we need to be mindful of what is leading to that happiness. So again, take, uh, the, we're looking at the, the path in of itself, the path to what? The, the path that leading towards a mind that is free from suffering, right? So we're mindful, not because there's consequence, but we're leading to just understanding. This is why we wanna pay attention to karma. So we don't want contraction around it, like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm going to suffer some kind of consequence. It's just to understand like, oh, when I'm moving in this direction or if I have this action or if I do this something, right, it's going to lead to this. And then if I partake in something wholesome, right, it's going to lead to that, right? So it's all understanding, all about understanding. So... When we speak of right view and the supreme right view, when we, when we look at it like, like this, this is the understanding of the Four Noble Truths, to really understand experientially the Four Noble Truths. And of course, the Four, the four Noble Truths revolve around the first one, which is just describing that there is suffering, the understanding of suffering, that there is a cessation, the Second Noble Truth, um, I'm sorry, that's the third noble truth, the sensation. The second noble truth, that there is a cause, and that causes attachment. The third noble truth is that there is a, a, a possibility of release or cessation. That's non-attachment. 
the four, the fourth noble truth, of course, is the full path itself. So, under understanding these and purifying these, automatically, right intention begins to be, I would say, like um, uncovered. We have this sense of uh, this purification of right intention is something that um, we can look at in a way it's almost like forced, like, oh, it's like a good and bad thing. Like, oh, my intention's not really pure. I need to really work on it in, in, a, in a way that we kind of may, may see relative bodhicitta, like when there's a sense of uh, kind of fake it till you make it, like I'm cultivating this altruistic attitude towards all of my endeavors and, and all of these things. And that's definitely part of the entire path that we're, we're acting out in this relative way until we experience it um, ourselves. Yet, like the entirety of the path, the entirety of the path is an uncovering, right? In, in the end, we're not adding anything to ourselves. We're not making a better version of ourselves. You know, it's not a self-help project, right? It's all about discovery, right? It's all about discovery. It's all about uncovering something that's already there. And so therefore, we're just lifting off these layers that are, that are in the way. So it's the same thing with, with intention. It's actually through wisdom. It's actually through wisdom, prajna, and, which we're going to talk about next, of course, loving kindness and compassion, because they're one and the same, right? So when we're contemplating right view, either intellectually, conceptually, it's totally fine, and then actually sitting with it, right? Sitting with this mindfulness of, of, of karma, right? Just noticing the fruition of our actions and noticing that in, in a real way, when we're mindful of it, that desire, craving, attachment does not lead to sustainable and reliable contentment and happiness, right? Just noticing this for ourselves. This opens up the doorway to altruistic intention, right? Because automatically we start to notice that um, this kind of selfish uh, craving and desire is not working out, right? So automatically we start moving towards uh, this right intention. So in in the in the chat box um yeah don put in the chat right intention there's three kinds so this is this is spoken about right in you know the um the full path itself so if we look at the the full path so the full path you know starts out with right view and and we move to right intention and then we move to right speech right livelihood um right action right effort right mindfulness right concentration if if you if you look at them you're not going to really see loving kindness and compassion you're not going to see meta you're not going to see the heart automatically right when you just look it doesn't it doesn't look like it's in there and yet it's it's intertwined you know throughout uh, quite deeply and we see it here uh, very very easily and it's so important that we notice that it's here it's in it's in this right intention so right intention these three kinds of intention is renunciation goodwill um and harmlessness or ahisma right so this these are the three um Starting off with, with renunciation, this goes back to right view. Um, if we see things clearly, there's automatically release from desire and craving. And renunciation in this way, there can be some contraction around this, like, oh, I don't want to give up, you know, something that we have this renunciation of like, oh, this sense of giving up. Actually, it's not through repression that uh, the Buddha speaks about giving, about renunciation. It's a, 
it's solely a, that understanding piece like we talked about. If there's right understanding of the correct causes of happiness and the, the, also the causes of suffering, if we could see this clearly, there's automatically a release. It's not about giving anything up. It's just simply, it's just not there. So we could have craving and desire. And then we, those objects of craving and desire are had, they're experienced, and they don't lead to lasting happiness. Automatically, there's some wisdom there, right? So it's just the mindfulness of that. Renunciation actually comes com naturally with, with right view, right? With right view and mindfulness of right view with the entire path. Because we're looking, we're experiencing, we're paying attention, right? So the intention of renunciation. Um, and again, the intention of renunciation, because we don't have it yet. <laughs> so part of the intention is, is to set forth in motion through intention the, the characteristics of self that we don't already embody. It's part of the intention, the practice of intention. You know, I, I feel this every day. Like every day, I'm putting forth intentions to embody things that I don't currently have. You know, do I have, do I embody the, the quote-unquote pure intention for every action, uh, everything that I do to benefit all beings? Do I, do I take sustenance to nourish my body that may, my body may be of service to others? Is this why I take food? No. Sometimes I take food be, because it's chocolate and I'm, I want it, you know, like just, just selfish desire, right? But, but my intention is thus that one day I can embody it like others that I've seen in the path that have embodied this so beautifully, like hanging around Lama Zopa, for example, who does these elaborate prayers, you know, half an hour, 45 minute prayers before we would eat anything. He would do these elaborate prayers and you could see from every single fiber of his body that he really is taking on this food just so he could benefit others. Like I really, I really, really felt like that was the only reason he was taking in food, sustenance to his body, just so he could be of service. I'm not there yet, but I'm setting the intention to be there. I'm setting that intention as part of the intention process is that we set the intention for things that we don't already embody. And that's okay to start there. That's part of that messiness. You know, it's okay to start there. And then little by little, as wisdom starts to grow, the more it becomes embodied. The intention of goodwill. So here, you know, goodwill in, in this sense, usually it's tra translated to meta or loving kindness here. This is what this means, the intention for goodwill. So again, much to what I was just speaking about, um, we, we set forth that intention. So also the intention, the next one is harmlessness. Um, to have uh, harmlessness um, to not want to cause harm, we need karuna or compassion. Uh, to have compassion, if we take one step back, empathy. You know, uh, they say compassion or karuna is empathy in action. Empathy is just this, this sense of connecting with the suffering of others to be able to, to actually know suffering exists. Right? as somebody might be suffering. And this, is, this comes to full, obvious fruition as soon as we're mindful of, of the, the Four Noble Truths. We're, we're mindful that suffering exists within us, in, in our cravings, our desires, um, our aversions, all of those things. And then we could relate, oh wow, I'm suffering, 
other people are suffering. So to take a step back, these three three intentions or three aspects of intention, you know, just relating you back to right view, relating you back to um, understanding karma, just that we're responsible for our actions, you know, and again, not in a way that... um, because of the consequences, but just being mindful. We could see how those purify these, these intentions here, right? Uh, for loving kindness, compassion to arise, for renunciation to arise. And then understanding dukkha. Yeah, so it's all intertwined. There's right view, right intention, all intertwined, coming together. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about, um, next I want to talk about the, the four wise efforts. If Don, Don can maybe put those up there. So there's 37 mental factors um, that, that are kind of brought forth in the, in the teachings. There's a lot of lists of the lists, you know, of the, the different mental factors. A wise effort is part of the noble uh, so effort is you know, virya, is um, the Pali word virya. And virya or effort manifests uh, or is, is seen in many, many different uh, lists uh, if we're looking at the 37 mental factors and breaking them down by lists. Um, right effort is, like I said, it's in the Four Noble um, in the Eightfold Path. And we also see it here on a kind of a separate list of what we call the four wise efforts. And the reason why I want to bring it up here is because um, right intention is also, um, you know, translated to um, kind of right thought or right thinking. It depends on the, the, the translation. And, of course, we're not responsible for the... the uh, 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 the initial arising of thoughts, but it, of course, what we do with them, um, and that's really important when it comes to um, just that 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 intention itself. And these wise efforts, I think, just really intertwine with maybe a way to categorize or um, our effort towards uh, uh, right intention. This this to me provides a pretty good framework to kind of. Uh, to work with right intention in, in, in a real way. It gives us some kind of tangible, something to, um, to, put, to put right intention into context. Like how would we know our, our, mani- our intention is, is more manifesting in the things that we actually do? So I just want to kind of see if this lands for you. Um, yeah, so the four wise efforts. So I'll just kind of read them. This, they're kind of um, self-explanatory. There's not a, a lot to elaborate on, but I'll just kind of read read through them. Yeah, the four wise efforts. Effort to avoid. So to kind of break these down, we have, and there's different translations for these, but avoid, abandon, develop, maintain. So avoid, abandon, develop, maintain. Effort to avoid, so effort to um, avoid the unwholesome, unskillful thoughts which have not yet arisen. And again, we could have, we can kind of switch out this effort with intention. Um, The effort to abandon the unwholesome, unskillful thoughts which have already arisen. The effort to develop to develop the wholesome, skillful, skillful thoughts to arise, which have not yet arisen, and the effort to maintain uh, the wholesome, skillful thoughts. Um, it says, skillful thoughts continue, which have already arisen. Yeah, so just to maintain those wholesome thoughts that have already arisen, 
and and again when we're looking at intention here these wise efforts uh, we might not have the full fruition of these efforts so in other words we might not want to abandon some of these quote-unquote unwholesome cravings and desires and whatnot um, we might like them you know we're attached to them we're attached to the habit of them right but we can have the intention to to release them and so we we could work with it on, on an intentional level right the intention to uh, abandon the intention to avoid um the intention to develop the wholesome i mean when i choose between you know a, a moment of developing the wholesome or i can go along with a, a habit um that's maybe neutral or you know doesn't really add to my practice you know i'll choose the neutral one sometimes right and yet i guess that the intention to cultivate the wholesome you know qualities maybe take that time to come in you know in here this is like in my altar room and sit a little bit other than zoning out or doing something right i could set that that intention and then maybe that intention moves to a small action and that small action and that leads to varia that efforting and so in a lot of ways, this these wise efforts are the opposite of doubt. Um, so doubt arises on the other spectrum of this. Um, and so, by that intention, just that might that intention might be the first sense of energy of effort. Is is just the intention for for effort? <laughs> Effort's not even there yet, but just the intention, and then that moves to it's a little a little action. That little action can just grab hold of something, right? Just a little bit, yeah? And then, then we move into hopefully an experience of that. And that experience, hopefully, at, I mean, not hopefully, it will turn into some actual wisdom, experiential wisdom. You know, going back to understanding uh, uh, karma and understanding dukkha. Understanding karma that I'm responsible for my actions if I go in and I sit a little bit and I do a little meta meta practice for five minutes and that generates a positive state of mind Just that right there Just that one little act I, I saw it right and then I confirm it like wow Look at this loving kindness compassion set forth a wholesome state of mind and it's the opposite. I'm, I'm mindful of something else that I do that maybe generates, you know, something neutral or not as wholesome, right? So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to stop there for now. I have another practice, but I don't want to add too much right now. Um, I'd rather us talk a little bit about about this on how it's landing. And I apologize again if there's too many intermingled lists here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of no way around it for that. But in some ways, hopefully, it's it's helpful just to have them all written out. But um, uh, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and break up into into smaller groups and. And maybe just see how this is landing for you and maybe speak on your own um, quote unquote, you know, challenges with intention um, or what you find helpful when it comes to uh, intention and the things that we've, we spoke about today. Um, and yeah, and if anything is landing for you to assist with strengthening um, intention for, for practice. Welcome back. Um, yeah, I let that one run a little long, so we don't have a ton of time for the for the bigger group. But um, that's how it worked out. So there were several groups of four, so I like to leave ample time.
the chat. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, anyone like to share with a larger group? Um, I jumped into a couple groups, which were really fun and insightful. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to share what came up for them, that'd be that would be great. Well, I, you know, we were talking about relationships at the end, and uh, I, you know, I, um, we were talking about actually something happened this morning that was could have been very frustrating. Somebody spread nails through my alley, um, the the behind the street, and but I ended up meeting somebody, uh, and uh, my next across the stream neighbor or alley neighbor. And we swept it up. We we took care of the neighborhood that way. And I met her dog. And then I was telling I was telling everybody about this. And I was saying I don't understand why somebody would do that. Why do they get that angry? And um, Linda very wisely said people get angry because they don't feel love. I mean, she could probably they don't feel loved. And um, I really needed to hear that today. Um, it was very. Uh, very prescient, very timely. And, and so that's what I'm sharing. Um, I got to, you know, learn something, remember something. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. All right. Beautiful. I said, if no one's going to talk, I'm going to once again, open my big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my intention is to relinquish everything and moment to moment as thoughts arise to not let them branch into more thoughts and hang out as much as possible in the void, uh, use a mantra uh, throughout the day. And I noticed that uh, the more I cut off thinking, the less suffering. Um, and I think we all, you know, or walking this tightrope and we have these intentions and sometimes things go according to intention and sometimes they don't. But uh, there was a Zen master that once said, when you fall off the tightrope, you just land on another tightrope. So we're all working this balancing act and, and trying to stick with our intentions. And uh, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. I shared that two of the intentions are easier than one for me. So it's sort of easy to sort of easy to, you know, set as a baseline avoiding harm, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously I'd like to be a benefit, but if I can't <laughs> be a benefit, at least not not harm and mm -hmm. you know, trying to approach things with kindness. Those those feel like become, you know, and that's sort of a you know, I describe that as sort of a foundation not only for my practice, you know, I start with those intentions every time I sit. I also, you know, try and keep those things in my head, you know, and aware, aware be aware of them when I'm working, when I'm talking to my wife, you know, mm -hmm. and all of those things. The the renunciation one is a little tougher. <laughs> I think we mm -hmm. I think we decided that we'd eaten for every reason except the one that you said, which was to benefit others. <laughs> you know, and that I often don't make the wise intention or the, the, the renunciation. I don't I often don't choose renunciation when it comes to the second glass of wine or other things like that. So that's yeah. the one where that's one of where there's some more uh, some more intention perhaps is <laughs> intention is perhaps perhaps needed. But the you know the last thing I'll say is the, the nice thing though is these have shifted away and not as a ruler, you know, not something to measure up and fall you know, where I'm falling down and no longer beat myself up about not living up to these intentions, but see them more as sort of, uh, you know, you know, sort of unattainable and yet still serve a direction. So, I mean, it helps to be sort of pointed in that and even, even when you fall short. So anyway, thanks for the reminder today, Casey, as always. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. And yeah, thank you for your words. Um, all right, let's just uh, sit together for one final time and dedicate the merit. So speaking of intention, and as so many of us brought up, um, this, this idea of imperfection 
with uh, intention, not being able to fully be of quote unquote pure attention and also with our actions and our thoughts, not being perfect in all of those things and, and obviously bringing loving kindness and compassion to that and really just for a moment, if we can honor our awareness of these things and even the desire to want wholesome characteristics of, of mind to arise, how beautiful is that? And to be together with a group of people that aspire to such things, to that aspire to a bodhisattva way of life, that aspire to benefiting self and others altruistically. This in and of itself is so unbelievable and so beautiful. And we can spread the merit and share the merit today that all beings everywhere without exception, may they have a Sangha that aspires like this May they too find teachings that teach one to aspire to such things. And may all of us, may all of us without exception, may we all experience the fruition of such intentions that we can benefit all beings in the process to be happy and free from suffering. Om Mani Padme Om. Thank you all so much again for showing up for yourself and each other. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.